I don't know whether you have any favorite books, Christian books I'm talking about, that when you, you might have, re- I, I should really read this book. Uh, I'm not talking about the Bible. The Bible's, uh, you cannot possibly compete with the Bible. But there's lots of books written about God. And uh, there's some books that come into our hands and they have a life-changing effect and they shape the way you think about God and they shape the way you understand how he moves and speaks. And, um, and I wonder what the, if there's been any book that you, you've read that, that has had that effect on you. Well, I'm going to show you the one that I, I really like. It was written about 20 years after Shakespeare uh, wrote his plays, okay? So it's all written in old-fashioned English. But one of the blessings as being old as me is uh, if you ever read the Bible uh, in my early days, it was always in old-fashioned English, so I got used to it a bit. So it's not so hard. And this is written in old fashion, not not so similar, not um, not not too uh, or similar to the Shakespeare style, which is a shame, really, because it's a powerful book, and it's called John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress. And I, 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 if you can read and plough through all the old-fashioned language, I really recommend it. And I I'm not. I'm not, do, I'm not telling you to do stuff that I don't do myself, but I would recommend it if you're a serious Christian and theologically really want to be, uh, or go up a grade, you should read something like this uh, once a year. It doesn't, it's only a short book, but it's amazing. Uh, you might be able to these days get it in modern language, but really, if you can if you can plough through this and understand it, I'm telling you, it will revolutionise your thinking. How God works, how the enemy works, how you can uh, move forward, and it's basically, as you can see, you might not be able to see, but um, it's sort of like a spiral, isn't it? And he starts he starts here. And he lives in a city of destruction. And something, God starts to move. And he goes all the way around in his life. And it's the journey of his journey of his life till he gets to the eternal city. (laughs) All I can say, Arnica, you've got a lot of work to do there. Praise God. So, uh, but you know, and we are on a journey in life, aren't we? And as we reflect, you know, that love never gives up, never runs out on me. God's love for you never runs out, never gives up on you. And I believe God wants me to speak in this vein so that you know and you feel and you sense that God's love is on you and his fact has never left you and that, um, that it started before you were even conscious of God and it will continue until you leave this planet 
His love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. And I just want to read this scripture to you. And I want to talk to you about how the love of God at every stage of your existence, not just your Christian life, your existence, the love of God is over you. And if you can understand this, it will mightily transform how you live, how you speak, how you behave, how you think. It's the most powerful, transforming thing that can rectify any form of damage in your life. And it's my heart as I speak to this that there'll be an outpouring of the love of God on your life that will shift you from there to there. Anyone ever play snakes and ladders? Uh, you don't, I don't know whether, but in that game, you know, you can be going along plop, 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 plop. And then there's one ladder on the second row of snakes and ladders that takes you straight to the top line. Well, the ladder of the love of God can switch you from darkness to light. It can, sh sh it, it can shift you from the bottom uh, 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 right to the top in seconds. And we need the Holy Spirit to just move and pour out the love of God. And he sorts everything out through that. Amen. Because you know what you know the way we're made. We've got we're, uh, some of us are stubborn, some of us are stupid, some of us are blind, some of us are. Who knows what we're like? But I want to tell you, if there's an outpouring of love, whatever hindrance, whatever blockage is melted and dissolved, and broken. So God can soar in your life. That's how important it is. So I just want to read this scripture to you. You will know it. We use it when, when we're asking people to come to know Jesus. But it's bigger than that. And it's Romans chapter 5 and verses 5 to 8. Now I read the Bible in all sorts of different versions. Um, but, you know, I can't find a better version than the old-fashioned King James on this particular text. In other texts, if I'm reading Job, for example, I'll, I like to use a modern version because it the language obscures what got, what, what's trying to be said. But uh, in this passage, the authorised version, I feel, cannot be matched. And it says this, And hope makes not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit which is given us. For when we were without, yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. Scarcely for a righteous man will one die, Yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, 
Christ died for us. When I read that scripture, it moves me. It makes me realize where God took me from and what God, how God has persisted and put up with me with all my blemishes and mistakes and stupidity and sinfulness and ungodliness and never let go of me. And never will. Now if you have that understanding of God, it transforms you so that you do stuff for God and you, you walk with God through very difficult times and you, you pioneer through disappointments because you never forget that he never let go of you. I've got to be careful because it moves me so much that I, 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 I can be emotional and I don't want to be too emotional because I want to say what God wants to say. When I think of his love for me, when you think of his love for you, not in the good, not just when you ticked every box and did everything right, but while you were ungodly. While you were stubborn. When you were angry. When you were hurt. When you were rejected. His love never lets go of you. If you can get this into your psychology, it will transform your heart. It will move your spirit. It will strengthen your body. It will inspire you to lay hold of God again. You know, the love of God is unlimited. It's unconditional. And it's impartial. It's unlimited. It's impartial. It's unconditional. He doesn't love you because it's unconditional love. My friend who I've known for nearly 55 years came some time ago. And he said to me, he came here, his wife preached, it was tremendous. And he was amazed. He said, Dave, it was 50 years what you were saying there. 50 years. And he was amazed that I was still enthusiastic. But it's because when I was far away from God, I wasn't even going to church. I didn't even know, know him. 
I actually was in the middle of Liverpool city centre. My life was by any, anyone's stretch of imagination bordering on evil. And I heard a voice in Lord Street. Even evil people were saying I was evil. And I was in Lord Street. And I heard God speak. His voice, a small, quiet voice. Now, I wasn't going to church, or I actually audibly heard God speak. And he said in a very quiet voice, David, what are you doing? I love you. I was so enslaved and demonically affected that I couldn't, didn't know what to do, but I said, I'm going to try and reform my life. And like a drug addict with heroin, fortunately there were no drugs or guns then. But like somebody who's addicted, when you give yourself to sin, you become a slave to it. And, and when I see a slave, I couldn't break it. So I had to wean myself off evil. But it started because God spoke to me. And while we were yet sinners, you see, God loved you before you loved him. He loved you before you loved him. He loved you before anyone else did. We have to start to remember his first touches on our lives. And remember that we most, many of us, some of us, you know, have lived good, like my wife, she had a great home. She, she made her mistake. She's, she was a sinner. But, you know, she was a good sinner. Good, not good at sinning, but a good person. But some of us, you know, came from minus 27. It doesn't matter how, whether you're good or you're bad. It's a bit like the bus stop. To get to the bus stop of the cross, you might live over the road from the bus stop. You might be close to the cross. You might live two miles from the bus stop, but you're still miles away from the bus stop. But, mild, but you know, wherever you are, whether you're far away from God or near, his love never fails and it never gives up on you. Oh God, I just pray that as I'm saying this, the Holy Spirit will come. And if nothing else,
embed this, this into our spirits. I tell you, if you suffer with mental illness and the love of God embeds into your mind, fixed in a second. God loves the ungodly. We've got to realize that God loves the ungodly. He doesn't love ungodliness. But he loves the ungodly. I remember when God asked me to do something and I didn't want to do it. It was to go to the criminal hospital in Magul and speak to people who'd hacked children to death, people to death, families to death, mass murderers. Then I want you to preach the gospel to them. So don't want to do it. My attitude is they can go to hell. God's attitude was this. I love those people. God loves the ungodly. This love of God is bigger than you'll ever imagine. God loves sinful people, but he hates their sin. You see, this is important to understand because when I'm talking to people, they say, I've come to church, but I've got to get my life sorted out first. And I say, look, that's like saying I've got a broken leg and when it's fixed, I'll go to a casualty. God loved you when you were sinful. God loved you when you were like me. What are you doing, Dave? Said to uh, Elijah, didn't he? What are you doing here, Elijah? God loves every person, whatever the color. I'm a white person. I love black people. I'm a white person. I like Chinese people. In this, in this church, it's one of the greatest examples of God's global love. Amen. I actually like white people as well. <laughs> and we've got to love everybody. And racism is of the devil. And it's not confined to one culture or one color. God wants his people. He loves every color. You see, God's an artist. I'm an artist. And when I'm painting a picture, you, you always put your colors on, on your palette first. Red, green blue, whatever. And you know, 
humanity is God's palette. I mean, one of the most boring colours actually is white. But it's great for toning everything down, isn't it? Amen. We're all made in the image of God and we have to speak, treat each other with the dignity that when we face people, we're facing God. God loves the poor and the rich. Now in America, in the States, one of the things I did notice in the parts of America that I was in, and what you've got to realize in America, America is like Europe in that each state could be completely different in, in, in the way it is, but what I noticed over there is there wasn't a class system, but people's value was based on how much they had. You know, God loves the beggar on the street. And he loves Queen Elizabeth in her palace. Amen. Some of us are loaded. Put your hand up if you're loaded. We'd like to talk to you after the service. Unfortunately, it looks like in this situation we're on the other side of the scale. But I'll tell you this much. There's some people here that are very wealthy in God. We're sitting next to people who are billionaires in God. I'll tell you a person who had next to nothing. No, I won't tell you because I won't. I won't tell They had next to nothing, but they were a billionaire in God. God loves people of other religions. What? Muslims? Yeah. Hindus? Yeah. Buddhists? Yeah. Loves them. And let me tell you this, the first Muslim I ever got, and Sue and I came in contact with proper, was like an angel of God to us in a time where we were in big trouble. Muslim. Now don't get me wrong, there is only one way. There's only one Lord. There's only one gospel. But I tell you what, God wants to save Hindus. And when I say save, he wants to touch them with his love. Touch them with his life. Touch them with the Holy Spirit. Touch them with acceptance. Touch them with forgiveness. God loves people whatever their gender is or perceived. Or perceived gender. You know, the idea that God only likes men is evil. When God said, I made man in my image, he wasn't talking about just men. 
humanity. A woman is made in the image of God. A man is made in the image of God. A bit like a penny. <laughs> one side of the penny, I can't remember the pennies now. The old pennies had Britannia on one side and the, and the head of the monarch on the other. And God's like that. His image is reflected in both male and female. But God loves people, no matter what their gender or they perceive their agenda to be. He has an order, he has a pattern that is clear, but his love is bigger than gender. And I will tell you this, because it's a tremendous statement and it really blessed me, something that's that moved me last year, this time last year. We had a lady that came to this church and God touched her life along with a load of prostitutes that came in and they all got saved. They were sitting over there and they all gave their lives to Jesus. And in that group, there was a lady who really got saved and the Holy Ghost just fell on her. And she was moved by the Holy Spirit. I thought that was uh, someone putting devotional worship on while I was speaking. Speak up. Yeah, and, uh, and I could see the Holy Ghost starting to really use her. Anyway, she came to me and said, I need to speak to you. But we were interrupted downstairs while she was just about to speak to me and I never saw her again. And then I got a call from the prostitutes, the ex-prostitutes that got saved and said, so-and-so has died. Will you take the funeral? Well, the lady wasn't a lady, she was a man. Obviously, what she wanted to talk to us about is the dilemma that she had. Uh, being a Christian, but also being in this situation. And I said, yeah, I'll, I'll do the service. And we had a service in the Krem last year when everything was locked down. The family were in, in the uh, Krem. And outside the creme, that was absolutely packed with the transvestite community in this city. And as I spoke the gospel in that service, the Holy Ghost just moved. Transgender. Thank you. I, I don't know the uh, proper language so appreciate that thank you god just moved and these people they knew rejection there, there was a confusion there was all sorts of things and god said i love these people now theologically don't ask me but his love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on us.
You see, love, if you embrace it, it doesn't just accept you. But if you embrace the love of God, it transforms you. You see, I can talk about the love of God now, and you can say, God, I just, I just, just love, you know, you feel the love of God. But if you embrace the love of God, it will change you. It won't leave you the same. It will completely change your, the way you think, the way you feel, the way you view things, the way you act, the way you speak, the way you behave. And uh, just say a few things that as you embrace the love of God. That it, you see, it was the love of God that motivated me to say, God, I don't want to live an evil life anymore. Lord, it was the love of God that says, I don't want to be like this anymore. I, I, I'm also, I don't know whether I'm a man or a woman, but I know what I do want. I want to be like you. And there's all sorts of levels in between. And as God's love and you embrace it and allow it to mold you and um, direct your decisions and make your choices, you be transformed from darkness to light, from the earthly to the heavenly. From who you are into who Jesus is. You see, love casts things out. You know, you might be demonized behind some of our illnesses and all our uh, dysfunction is sometimes demonic spirits. And love casts out demonic spirits. People have been set free from demonic stuff. I'm an example of it. Not because anyone excommunicated it or whatever. But the love of God came. And the stuff went out. The love of God came and the stuff went out. Because love casts things out. Perfect love. John, 1 John casts out fear. But I'm telling you, the love of God casts out spirits. You know that man in chains called Legion? There's so many of his demons in his body, no one can cope with him. And just the presence of Jesus walking, he didn't even say a thing. And the moment the love of God started to get closer to him, he didn't have to have 15,000 sessions of psychotherapy. It's just the love of God. 
my chains fell off, my heart was free. I rose, went forth, and followed thee. Love restores our soul. He leads me by side still. You got a broken heart? Have you been unfairly treated? Have you been damaged by people? Has life dealt you a bad deal? Has your mind and your you you know with so many people with broken hearts and and struggling with bitterness or or unjustifiable stuff? I want to tell you, as the love of God comes, the love of God comes. I'm telling you, it'll restore your soul. So you'll forgive those that hate you and said, said lies about you. And when you see them, you know, when you see these people who've said lies about you or nasty things about you, awful things about you, you know what will happen? You just feel love for them. Someone came up to me yesterday, spoke to me person who said the most awful things to me in my life and you know as they did were talking to me I just felt love for them and I said you know what I really love you it restores your soul you can't you can't move forward with God if you if you there's unforgiveness or bitterness or resentment or hurt or pain, even if it's justifiable. The love of God increases strength in the inner man. How do you keep going when there's no petrol in the tank? When we were yet sinners and without strength. There's people here without strength. You can't keep going. You're on your last last litre of petrol. How do you keep going? A fresh touch of the love of God. The love of God builds confidence. Hope makes not ashamed. Confidence. You know, when you know you're loved, you know, you've got, it, it creates a confidence, doesn't it? If you go in a room and you feel, oh, everyone hates me, it, it does affect you, doesn't it? But if you go into, if I'm speaking to you guys, I'm, I might be deluded here because I get the impression that you love me. So it's easy to talk to you. And if you, if you have, a, a, if you live in a world, in an environment where you feel loved, your personality will just flourish. Love gives birth to love. Love gives birth to love. If you love, it grows. It grows. Love gives birth to love. We love him because he first loved us. The reason why I love him is because he loved me. And as you love other people, love will grow. 
You know, you know, if one person in this church, and I'm not, or in, a, say you're in a church where it's cold and it's distant and it's it's horrible and everyone's aloof, and then you get one person who's full of the love of God who breaks that spirit. Before you know where you are, you've got a church that loves each other, because it grows. It grows, it grows, it grows. You know, the Alfaro family that we used to be here, they'd talk to anybody, wouldn't they? They'd talk to the lamppost. And who knows what they'd talk about? But you know, they're just one example of many people in this church. They're just, they're just sharing love with one another. Amen. Now, why am I telling you this? Every stage of our lives, starting from before we even knew about the existence of God, till the day we give our final breath, I believe we need a shed load of love on us. This is why I wanted a bucket. I'll use this. This will be more appropriate, Will, for when we do the baptisms. Praise God. The love of God is shed. This is why I picked the AV version. Don't get these words shed. No. Don't, it's an old-fashioned word, shed. The nearest thing we can say is a shed load of. In other words, when God, God doesn't just want to love you. He wants to saturate you in his love. You know, this guy on the end, I had a lovely chat with him, with the blue, blue T-shirt, right? Now, if I stood on top of the coffee counter with a, with a big bucket, even this, and I had it full of water, and as he's walking past, I just went... He'd be absolutely drenched, wouldn't he? Instantly drenched. That's how much love God wants to pour on you. He doesn't want a little sprinkle of love now and a little sprinkle of love there. He wants, you to, he wants you to come to church. When you come to church, you go out absolutely saturated in love. Amen. And we need that. We need that as Christians to keep going with any fervor and power and passion. And the love of God is shed abroad. And I believe at every stage of our life, every part of this journey, we need, we need fresh love from God. And what I really wanted to do is that I wanted to call people out to ask for an outpouring of the love of God on our hearts. So what we're going to do, we're going to sing our last song. And then if you want, if you want to, to come out, I'm going to pray there will be an, a shed load of love poured on you. If you do not know Jesus, just say, God, forgive me for my sin. This is all you need to say. Forgive me for my sin and come and live in my life. I believe in you. Okay? Forgive me for my sin. Come and live in my life. I believe in you, and then come out here, and I'm going to pray for you, and the love of God is just going to pour out on people's lives.
Amen. Who needs a good dose of the love of God? It's not that I don't feel it now, but I'd like more. I'm a bit greedy, aren't you? I want second helpings. Amen. A big dose of love. That's what made you start following him, and that's what keeps you going, and that's where you'll end up. Amen. Let's stand. Let's worship the Lord.